She's got it. <gasps> yeah, baby, she's got it. Demon clown edition. Ooh. Fun. I'm your pe- I'm your demon. I'm, I'm your, your fear. Eat my butthole. No. Mm. Eat this child's actual arm. Multiple times. Multiple times. Likes body parts. When, who else is he? Um, <laughs> Betty Rispin, Ripson, we, they find like her torso. Right, 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 The right, other right. kid whose arms they found, who he well, waves. That's Georgie, I assumed. No. Well, cause, no? Then, they, cause later they say, they mention like, oh, someone else is missing now. And they, and it's really subtle, but you hear, uh, Ben say when they're looking at the new wanted, wanted <laughs> missing poster that so-and-so, yeah, they found them there arm was found on the river and that's where pennywise was waving the arm around he was oh, on the river i always thought that was supposed to be georgie's arm no that would have been decomposed by now but also he said oh right where's the logic <laughs> in this demon. um also by the way we're talking about <laughs> it and this 2017. is 2017 one could say oh, yeah. it chapter one chapter one um and this is halloween or is a horror movie podcast i'm kira i'm cody we saw this movie together in theaters. You and me. Jace. Yeah, I remember it was fun. And our theme music composer, Zachary Weiss. It was fun. I remember being specifically <laughs> a really good audience. Mm-hmm. Specifically the moment I remember best was um, generally a lot of laughing in the right places and horrified reactions. Mm-hmm. But most of all, I remember the scene where they're in the haunted house mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. walks in the room and it's all the clowns in there. And our audience just kind of went like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing. Fun. Uh, I don't remember. I remember like a, a lot of moments like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just everyone was on board, which was, uh, I think, the best way to see it. I say, if you haven't seen it yet and you're willing and able, um, see it in a, I would say if you were able, watch it on a big screen with the lights out. With some friends. With some friends. Yes. It's really, really fun. This time around, I watched it at night, like in bed in the dark, and I was cackling because a i was scared and like it's scary while it's happening um and also i just think the it's like just so wild the shit that goes down and like the amount of shit that goes down yeah and the and that amount in that amount of time is just like you laugh at times because it's just so insanely like horrifying but that makes it funny it's a lot of fun that was my reaction this time watching it i was like i am scared I'm having a lot of fun, though. I watched mm-hmm. it again with Zach, and he was very scared the first time, because he's, he's scared of stuff. And Outed. He was nervous to watch it, and I was like, but it's going to be so fun. And he was, <laughs> you know, I liked it even better this time, because yeah. I, I knew I was going to go and like it, and this time it was like a, a fun amusement park ride, where it's just like every... It just builds and builds and builds so well, because it starts out where this this entity is just terrorizing these kids... On an individual basis. Mm-hmm. And then they all team up and go to the haunted house. And it's even more bonkers. You think they're going to be stronger right. together. But, you know, the clown pulls out all the stops. <laughs> and they go to the sewer. And it's even wackier. And there's all this, you know, ethereal stuff going on down there. Okay, so what is the... <sighs> there's a lot of symbolism. Yes. And what do you think the whole floating aspect means do you think that's important or do you think it's just like something spooky scary people floating and that i do not know because i i whenever when they say you'll float too i assume that's something to do with the sewers being watery and but then in the movie you know you literally see the bodies floating Mm -hmm. i don't really know i assume it's something that's expounded on in the book Mm -hmm. which is um, lengthy lengthy and i know it's very um i don't know if this was during his uh (laughs) bout of, you know, cocaine brain, but I think it was when he just, he, mm. like, there's a lot of mythology about the character of It that is, having not even seen It Chapter 2, I just assume not going to be in it. There's all sorts of stuff about this entity going all over time and space, and there's, like, some sort of mystical turtle, I think. Like, it's oh, really, no. really bonkers from, like, what I've um, parsed together just from hearing from people who've read the book mm-hmm. and just reading things online. And they really streamlined that in the movie to just have it be this entity of evil Mm -hmm. that has always existed in this town. And I kind of think that's the better way to do it. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise... Huh? Yeah. That being said, I don't quite know what the floating is about. 
I am interested to read the book, even though it's like a thousand pages. Um, but yeah, full disclosure, we are talking just this movie. Just this movie. Just whatever mythology and lore is created in this movie. Okay, yeah, because I, I don't know, and just because the first sort of incident that we see as the viewer is the the little boat, and it's you yes. know you'll f- you know they want to make the boat f- boat float. Right. And I that's thought a it was thing. a reference to, to that too. Okay, but it's its own thing. Also, oh, she's just doing her own thing. Her own thing. What would you say was your favorite? The way it presents itself to the yes. different kids. What do you think was the most fun or scariest? Right, because it's kind one. of like a bog art, you know, like from Harry Potter. I don't know if you. Mm. I don't know how well you know Harry Potter, Not but there's that well. in the third one they meet this creature who nobody knows what it looks like in its default form because it is always transforming into the greatest fear of the person looking at it. Mm-hmm. And this it entity kind of does the same thing. I really like the leper mm-hmm. that he terrorizes the uh, germophobic kid with. Mm-hmm. Eddie. Thank you. I have trouble with the kids' names. Okay, this. I got you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Because they don't really have a moment of like, this is blah blah, this is blah blah, which I don't Say, hate. I, yeah. I think the the ensemble writing and the character voices are strong enough that it Stands out on its own, not to mention the performances are really good. Oh my god, they're all good. So good. <sighs> That's what part of makes it fun, is that mm-hmm. is this group of, how many boys? Six or seven? And then Six boys and plus Bev. Plus Bev. And they're all their own archetype. They're so well written for like middle school, early high school boys. Mm-hmm. You know how like there's mm-hmm. one who's overly vulgar and mm-hmm. overly sexual, and there's one who's still kind of a mama's boy, and there's mm-hmm. one who turns everything to a joke, and mm-hmm. you know, that's just kind of... What boys are like at that age, where they are halfway between adulthood and childhood, mm-hmm. and not really with a foot firmly in either camp. And the mm-hmm. movie's really strong in that sense. Yeah. Plus, again, the ensemble acting is so good, and I think it's a really good screenplay. I think the adaptation, not having read the book, mm-hmm. but still, from what I know about it, it streamlines it, and it makes the voices specific enough and strong enough that you don't need to know their names necessarily gotcha yeah i think and they each have their own almost pretty much have their own arc and uh kind of go about this whole i mean you know yeah the characters are well defined and obviously it helps that there is a thousand page book to occupy it so i'm happy that it's this very kind of clear movie where you know people who haven't read the book or even if you don't know like a jack shit about stephen king you can go and see it and regardless of your background know that this is a fucking fun Maybe not know. Think it's a fun movie. Enjoy mm-hmm. it. Not feel like you're left out of any of the background you may need to know. Right. Because um, have you seen the original miniseries that's kind of famous, the Tim Curry one? So I unfortunately have not, but I really want to. I so. haven't either, but I've heard mixed things. I've heard it's like more just like, like obviously the tone is way different. It's just like kind of like, yeah, weird, right? There's a clown. And like, also there's only so much they can show on TV <laughs> in the 90s. Right. And with just what they had available. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've heard generally that Tim Curry's good. Mm-hmm. The first half is exponentially better than the second half because, mm. like, the book, I think, is not, like, part one is the kids, part two is the adults, like the right. movie and the miniseries is, but in the miniseries, I've heard that the part one, the first half, which are the kids, which is what this movie is about, mm-hmm. is way better than the adult half at the end, which... Makes me nervous for chapter two of the movie, but they yeah. did so well with this one that I'm also not nervous. And from like the trailers and stuff, it looks like they're going to be using the kid actors still for oh, whether it's like flashbacks fire. or cool. revelations, things we didn't see. Dance numbers, dance right, um, right, numbers. much like Mamma Mia two. <laughs> it's going to end with the young ones <laughs> dancing with their older counterparts. Yeah, not probably. sure who their dad is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am, yeah, I, and also I think maybe semi-naturally, it, it is just kind of a fun prem- premise that the first part, chapter, because it is kids, and it's kind of, you know, that Stand By Me, Goonies, very Stranger Things realness, where very it's just Stranger like, Things, very it's, yeah, it's it's one summer, it t- I mean, it takes place over the year, but the majority of it happens over the summer, and they are, uh, just trying to live their best lives. And I think that's, you know, that adds to kind of the fun of it is also their age. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it translates yeah. into the chapter two. Is that going to be the same director? Like yes, the same, okay. the same director um, who I believe Mush- also wrote the screenplay. Let me, let me double check that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Andy Muschietti. Muschietti. Who, uh, Not Muschietti. Oh, he didn't write the screenplay. 
The screenplay is by Chase Palmer of the first one. Chase Palmer, mm-hmm. Gary Delberman, and Kerry Joe Fukunaga, who I know was going to originally direct this. He uh, did True Detective on TV, among other things. That show is boring as hell. I watched two episodes and I got bored. And oh I stopped my watching. God. Yeah, that first season, and I was like... People love it, not me. I think... These white men need to be stopped. It's the same fucking story over and they over again. Stopped. It's just the same archetypes, the same type of characters. Like, y'all need to be more creative. Like, no wonder... You- yeah, I remember Zach being like, if you're not into it by episode three, you're not going to get into it. And I was like, good. Good to know. I will stop watching. Yeah. Chapter two of it is the screenplay is just by Gary Dauberman, who still wrote part one. It's just uh, just him. Gotcha. But yeah, same director, Andy Machete, who did Mama. Did you see Mama? I did. Jessica Chastain? I did not. It's pretty good. We should do that. It's fun. Mama Jessica. Is I think so too. I mean, anyway. I don't want to make assumptions um, but yeah, with right. that last name, honey. So Argentinian. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you didn't answer my question though. What is oh. your favorite fucking like uh, 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 version of it? Or, I like, love the moment you think of scariest or stands out to you. Okay. Ooh, okay. Oh, okay. So, the iteration I have the most, like, woohoo, fun watching <laughs> is the headless Easter egg boy in the library. Yes. That sequence. So funny. You scared that person. Is a blast. Yeah, sorry. If you hear a little jingling, there's a, there's a very curious puppy with us. <gasps> yes, on. I love the boy. Um, okay. The, I just want to talk about that sequence in general. Because I think it's so... Egg boy. Egg boy. Oh, what is egg boy? <laughs> With the head boy. boy. <laughs> Your skin is tired, boy. <laughs> From the egg boys to the egg boys. <laughs> she's just saying egg boys over and over. I like egg, egg boys. Bo- eggy, eggy boys. <laughs> okay, so she Headless likes... Headless eggy boys. Oldie eggy boys. I like the head and trees. <laughs> oh, my In God. In the basement. I don't know. I anyway. love that build up to it though. <laughs> yes. Um, oh. Okay, so. Yeah, if you want to talk about it, it's the character of. It's Ben. Ben, thank you. He's a nice young man. He's a nice young man who's been bullied because he's still so young. He's a little mm. chubby, but he's a frequent target of bullies. And he also, you know, it's the first day of summer vacation when the movie starts and mm-hmm. he spends his day in the library. <laughs> I felt seen. <laughs> I used to go to the library a lot. As a kid. But like fun, he's like in the library, but looking up history of his fucking town. Right, like, because he's cute. new to town, or he's just doing research on the town uh, because yeah, he's I think suspicious. Because so. he mentions like the red string. Kind yeah, of thing well, because he says he moves around a lot, so he probably is just used to like, all right, I'm not gonna have friends in this town. Like, sure. I'll just go to the library and do history. Yeah, and like I'll have the books. Charlie yeah. Day conspiracy theory. Yeah, wall, exactly. Which is so fun. So he's in the library. Mm-hmm. He's reading this book. It's just like a general history of dairy. Yeah. But, and there was like an Easter egg hunt, and there was some sort of tragedy where... An explosion, somehow. Right. And a kid ended up with his head in a tree. <laughs> and I, you see, it, it's this really cool sequence where this book, which I'm sure is not a real book, it's like, it's controlling the book. Because there's no way the book would be like this, where it's, he keeps turning the page, and with each picture, it's like it's zooming in on the head in the tree. Oh, well, Yeah. I, I feel like know. the book itself is probably real, and, like, sure. that image of, like, the tree probably exists, but probably, like, in the early 1900s, when it took them the 20 minutes to take the photo, they probably weren't... They probably didn't realize that there was a picture of a head yeah. if you zoomed exactly, in all the way. Exactly, you know It what felt I mean? like an accident. But, right. Exactly. So, yeah, that... But that moment of the, like, you know, yeah. um, the magnifying glass. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and I, I loved... I, I saw somebody pointed out on Twitter a little bit ago, and I noticed it this time... When he's looking at the book, whenever it cuts back to a shot of, what's his name again? Ben. ben. Mm-hmm. Whenever it cuts back to a shot of him looking at the book, mm-hmm. and you can see that like librarian in the background, mm. there's a moment where she turns, and she's out of focus. She turns and looks at the camera, or not at the camera, but like at Ben, <laughs> yeah. and does this thing, what I can only describe as like the Kubrick face. You know the thing that Kubrick does in all those movies where... The character will lower their chin and like have their eyes up. Oh, that's okay. And so this character just in the background, you see it turn and just stare at Ben. And it's I'm gonna chill just thinking about it because it's so spooky. It's one of many instances of just this creeping dread in the background in this movie in Derry. I'll we'll definitely get a screenshot on the Instagram because it's so off putting once you notice it. Oh, I didn't notice that at all. She's just staring. I think she has this huge grin on her face if I remember properly. That's interesting you mentioned that because I was noticing when I was watching it that there are moments when a couple of like, for example, so 
Eddie's mom. Yeah. Who, like, there's an interesting dynamic there. When she's talking, when he, I think it's the scene when he's like, these are gazebos, fuck yes, you. With the, so with the meds. The she, yeah. And she, like, is seeing that he's, like, acting up and actually speaking up. She has this, the, I guess, kind of a cube brickian face where it's she's not smiling but it's like yeah. that kind of down and her eyes are looking up at him because she's like the fuck did you just mm-hmm. say and that kind of same thing happens early a uh, later look. yeah with with pennywise when they're in the kitchen and pennywise is fucking with eddie and i think pennywise realizes that he actually is getting to eddie and eddie is getting scared yeah. before he opens up his mouth and he makes that same kind of like eye up face Ooh. so i'm i'm curious if like and this is why I like this movie is because I've watched it. I watched it two times in the last week, and I noticed more little itty bitty details like that each mm-hmm. time. Like I don't know, that face happens a lot. And okay. if the librarian, li- <laughs> libra- librarian, uh, also made that face, and I, I yeah, I, and there's a thread there, but I'm not sure what it is. And I'm sure there's there's other moments. I'm sure too. there's other moments. I would love to see some sort of article, some sort of compendium of all these moments, <gasps> but I don't know. The so, library is officially open. Haunted. So <laughs> Ben is led from a balloon to mm-hmm. the basement, and he like sees uh, Easter, Easter eggs. eggs. Mm-hmm. And when he's down there, he sees the boy walking down the stairs, and he has no I'm making my way downstairs, missing heads. I can't see. I'm gonna get you. Love that reveal. Because oh, yeah. you, for You're a moment, like, are like... This is scary anyway. Oh, yeah. First of all, being in the basement of a library is very scary. I felt specific. that... Specific. Very specific. Yes. I was like, wow, I remember the library in my hometown, and the basement had a creepy vibe to it, uh-huh. always, no matter what. And, I don't know, libraries are big and vast, and, like, there's corners you can't see. It's already creepy. All the knowledge. All the fucking books that are tempting me, because they know I have, don't have the attention span to read. Because I know I'm a slow reader. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, it's very rude. The the basements in general in this movie, across the board, are really well done in that they feel like they're from a child's perspective. Like, they're really scary. And you have because, no idea of where the fuck you are. Right. Georgie and um, <laughs> Bill's. Bill's basement is also scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good childlike perspective, but it's still scary to us grown-ups. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And basements, again, on their own are just scary. No good. Also, when, But also when they're dark and you can't see, like, the layout of it in that moment is... Mm, <laughs> scary. Um, so I, oh, the one that really resonates for me is the... <laughs> I mean, maybe this is too stereotypical of me, but I really resonate with Stan's scene um, just because I remember my grandparents have art in their house Oh, that... this is the flute lady. Flute? Yeah. What's that with the flute? Is there a flute in that painting? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice She's that. holding a flute, and then when, oh. he, when he sees that she's out of the painting and he sees the closet opening behind him there's flute music. Oh! I didn't, I didn't catch that she had a flute. I thought she was just like here I am, I'm painting. She's not good by herself. But there's also a flute. <laughs> um, but I so resonate. I, I just felt that where it's like, I don't want to walk past this painting mm, or this yes, thing. Like, yes, 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 I don't yes. want to look at it for too long because uh, I'm afraid yeah. it's going to move or like something like that. So I just. Yeah, I'm trying to think of relevant think it's very visceral. I had. Do you remember any specific paintings your grandparents had or something? Uh, so they didn't really have paintings. What happened was they had a lot of sculptures that freaked me out. Gotcha. And some were cool and like. Clearly, like, fertility gods, maybe, mm. in other countries, which is super cool. Um, but the one that scared me the most, probably, was that in my room that I would use um, whenever I'd visit, next to my bed was a radiator, and on top of the radiator was a head made out of clay um, that was all one color. It was, like, orange. It was, like, the color of your shirt. And I was supposed to just sleep next to that, and they didn't think that was going to make me, I don't know, horrified at age eight. What was the point? It was just a thing they had. I think it was like a sculpture my mom made when she was a kid oh, of a head. No. But it's still the fucking head. That's no good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I didn't want to walk past it, but it was next to the bed I slept in sometimes. That would get Marie condo so fast. It does not it spark joy. fear. Sparks straight up fear. Terror. Uh, so I would definitely say that. And also with Stan, we'll really like all of them when we kind of have their scene of finding right, out what their fear is, The I first guess. hour, you really get many almost vignettes with these kids individually 
mm-hmm. to find out specifically what scares them that it is using as uh, uh, ammo against mm. them. Give me that fear. And I also did like, because there was, you know, there's a little bit of Jew guilt in Stan's case. Like, uh, whoever he was working with was like, oh, you can't fucking do the your Simchat Torah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, <laughs> and fuck you. And like, even when uh, the shot of him looking at the painting, when it's, it's literally shot like the point of view of the painting itself. I love this. And there's literally a stained glass, like Star of David over his shoulder. And it's like, oh, the guilt. Subtle. Yeah. So that also resonated with me. Yeah. It's a, it's a painting of a woman who... <laughs> she had a fucked up face. She had a fucked up face. You could tell it was trying to be like Picasso. Like it's like mm. the features aren't where they should be and her face is kind of elongated and her skin's a weird color. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like, it's like if Dolly and pa- to, Picasso... Yes, like, also Dolly. Ugh, that would be fun if they had a baby, but yeah. She, this character is apparently named, named Judith. <laughs> Don't know why. Good for her. <laughs> That's just Judith. <laughs> and was played by an actual person... Mm. But they altered her so much with CGI and post-production that you can barely tell. Later in the sewers, when she shows up again, mm. you can see more of her, like her arms and stuff. And that you mm. can tell as a person. But the face is so heavily altered that it's like, might as well be animated. Do you know who the actress was? Um, I do not. That'd be cool if it was like, oh, that was fucking oh, Betty White. I want to be a lady. <laughs> oh, also, I will say I like the moment when they're going to the house, the well house, and Richie, who's been pretty chill the whole time, sees the missing poster with his face with like that yes. date on it, Ugh. and he starts freaking out. Because like, that's he has not really great. had anything happen to him, right? Yet, yeah, he's and which is interesting, and so him freaking out and realizing this is some real shit makes it even scarier even though it's a really quick moment so i like that one too because that uh would scare the shit out of me if i were a kid me um apparently there are some actual paintings that influenced the flute lady <gasps> yes um, i will absolutely put that on the instagram let's look her Take up a look at that later yeah we're kind of talking the uh the things that in the first half like i said show what it is using to terrorize these kids individually. Mm. I no. thought of another scary thing. Uh, go for it. The moment with Mike, with the hands coming out. It's, it reminded me yes. of that scene from uh, The Host. But yeah, it's like the hands coming out and they're all scarred. Uh, no. Uh, they're uh, all burned. burned. Sorry. Right, because we find out later that this character, who is homeschooled and mm-hmm. like apprenticing at a butcher or a slaughterhouse. I think that's his grandfather. Something really appropriate for children. <laughs> yeah, murder these sheep. They're God. like, you fucking pussy. You don't kill this sheep. <laughs> He's like, you don't want to shoot it in the fucking brain. Wow. Which, those things they use to kill the sheep are crazy. Yeah. It's like, I, a, it's like a thing that shoots out and just smacks the brain and just kills it. Yeah, I guess. Fun. Anyway. Right, because we find out that his parents were killed in a house that was burned down Ugh. by a racist cult. And so mm, the right, fear right. manifests from him. Mm-hmm. Is hearing his parents in the next room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so obviously the movie opens with... Famously, Georgie, the younger brother of... Uh, Bill. Thank you. Georgie! Right, oh, it's Bill, because when Georgie's boat, made by his brother Mm -hmm. Bill, goes down the sewer, he goes, Bill's gonna kill me! Mm -hmm. And I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, Bill Skarsgård, the actor playing It. Ah! (laughs) Yeah, he's a great foresight. Um, That's another repeating factor as well, is every single character... Pretty much... uh, No, Richie doesn't say it, but most of them say... Something happens, they go, oh, so-and-so's gonna gonna kill kill me. me. Yeah, Beverly's like, my dad will kill me if there's boys in the apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, Douchebag Magoo with the mullet. Henry, he said, my dad's gonna kill me if I lose that knife. By his cop father? Yeah. Kill him, Henry! Oh my god, that scene is fucking Mm, fun. I love that. Yeah, sorry, where am I? Where are we? Um... People saying they're going to kill each other. Oh, um, <laughs> Or they're going to get killed. Yeah, and yeah, and exactly. And that's the first. Georgie yeah. uh, thinks Bill's going to kill him if he lost the boat, which, I mean, He's kind not. of extreme. He seems like a chill brother. So, the famously, the opening scene where Pennywise is in, is in the sewer mm-hmm. and um, wants to get Georgie down there. And oh, God. when he bites the arm off and oh, we my- see it, I remember in theaters being like, oh, we're really doing this. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get to see this. A right. kid get dismembered. Wowie. That's scary. And again, like, because it starts and you're like, okay, this is objectively scary. There's uh-huh. a creepy clown looking person in this sewer talking to this kid. Bill Skarsgård is committed. Oh my doing God. Doing lots he's of crazy so choices that good. work so well. Also, I love the story of like how his eye, like the shots of his eye, like kind of like poking outwards yeah. is like just 
So he can just, just do that? He can just do that. That's crazy. <laughs> so I, it's like just imagining him like in the audition room and they're like, weird. But can you what just do anything you with your eyes? What can you bring to the table? Like, <laughs> this is <their> special skills. <laughs> in this scene, though, it establishes a theme I like in the movie, which is, oh, mm-hmm. how do I put it? The ambivalence and the apathy of adults to like help children. Mm-hmm. Because in this scene, we see a lady mm-hmm. kind of, like, uh, hanging out on her porch, and she, she sees Georgie looking into the sewer, and mm-hmm. she is not like, get away from there, boy! She's right. kind of like, let's happen. Uh-huh. And then she goes away or whatever, and then comes back after he's been dragged down the sewer, and she sees Dragged. a ton of blood mm-hmm. by the sewer. And there's just, I wrote down <laughs> some other instances, instances of similar moments with adults. The butcher who Mike is going to sell... Meet too mm-hmm. sees these racist bullies pestering Mike, but doesn't do anything about it except afterwards go, "Are you okay?" And then later, mm-hmm. um, when Ben is getting bullied on the bridge by the by oh! the same bullies, who are like literally, they've pulled his shirt up. They're about to carve into his fucking skin. It's really visceral, horrifying bullying. It's not not good. They drive by this this car with two adults in it drives by and just sees it happen and just keeps driving. And, and then a balloon pops up in the back. Uh, it's as if to say, look at this evil, the banality of wow. evil. Wow. Isn't wow. that scary? Kill your parents. Kill your parents. They're also all watching this same spooky TV show, which is like some sort <gasps> yeah. of children's show. It's like a woman sitting on a bleacher surrounded <laughs> by kids. And... It, all the adults are just watching it for some reason. It's well, just on. Unless it's some sort of conjuring by Pennywise. So when... it's the, I think this was the first scene that we are in, like, Bev's apartment. And we first realized that she's got a, kind of a creepy dynamic with her dad. Kinda. And when we... She goes into the apartment, we hear on the TV that he... It sounds like that TV program. It's the, hey, kids. Uh, yeah. Well, did you and, hear what it was saying in the scene? Um, Probably. I'm, but... I wrote it down. Something about sewers and floating. Yes. She's, um, the, the host is going, the sewers are a fun place for you and your kids to, your, you and your friends to play. Oh my God. And it's just on the background. If you're listening, it's like, huh? Because we? we had just seen them in the, the boys in the sewers because they're looking for this missing girl and also Georgie. Right. Betty Ripson. Yes. Whose shoe they find? Scary. Scary. Reveal that name, honey, in the shoe. No good. Fun. Right. So yeah, we hear that. And then after Bev has that interaction with her dad and he heads back to the living room, back to the TV, you hear that it's like a ball game or something. So So it's it's not, it's just like it. Exactly. It's, this whole thing has like the Jumanji sort of magical vibe to it where kids hear it, they see it. Yes. Yeah. It's in their subconscious, but adults are just like not aware of it. Right. Because later when the scary thing that happens to Bev is she is in the bathroom and hears voices coming out of the sink. And so she leans in, and then a bunch of fucking um, blood shoots out. Well, first she like puts a tape measure down there and pulls out some sort of bloody hair, and then all this blood shoots out and mm-hmm. totally cakes the bathroom. And her father mm-hmm. walks in and is like, "What are you doing?" And she, he doesn't see it, even though from the perspe- from the perspective of us watching the movie, mm-hmm. he's still you can still see his like shoes sloshing the blood around. It's not like oh, it's just like yeah. um, painted on the walls. He's like interacting. He's like physically moving this blood. Mm. So it's just like another factor of Pennywise being able to create things <coughs> that the adults can't see. And uh, that scene's fun. Can I go into that scene for a moment? Yeah, no, I, I thought so. So, yeah, so there's obviously... The story's fun, but obviously there's some age problematic <laughs> vibes because everyone has a little boner for Bev and the the yeah, music will swell up. I don't, they all have I a don't cr- love that. Yeah, I shouldn't say all of them. It's really just the two boys, uh, Bill and Ben. But like, it just seems very like stupid. But right, anyway, because it's one thing to have it be like childhood crush, but the the camera of the film wants you to feel what the boys are feeling like again where the music will slow down or the the speed of the camera will slow down the music will swell and like and once you're like practically glowing it's a lot and it's kind of creepy because she's still young so uh, okay so bev's character is being assaulted by her dad and we learn this yes so we don't see it happen but there's like a moment where he's like you're still my little girl right he sees her buying tampons and i will say this whole movie 
it's interesting to watch how they must have shot certain scenes without because these were clearly young actors and they had yeah, to like even the underage. scenes when they're like attacking Ben like if you really look at it and you're like okay if you took out the sound and all this like it's really just them like pushing like it's yeah, really play. it's really smart how they make things look more intense than they are movie magic editing and post production mm-hmm. sound sound design is very good yes. we'll get into that so but anyway with this scene she's <clears throat> obviously just got her period. We assume she must have gotten it for the first time, just by context clues. And so, when she is literally... She has this creepy interaction with her dad, and then she goes in and cuts all her hair off, right? And it goes into the sewer. When she later hears the sewer talking to her, (laughs) the pipes talking to her, and she's looking into the drain, and it the hair grabs her, and she's forced to look at it, and like forced to kind of be present for it, So, and the blood hits her. So I think it's kind of her acceptance of being a woman, but also her, and subconsciously, it's kind of this, like, seeing what's going on. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing, because it's the things that she doesn't want her dad to see, mm-hmm. which is her hair, which is an aspect that feminizes her, which right. is, which I assume, holding her in to see it. Because she, you know, wanted to be as asexual as possible in appearance, possibly, in terms of, like, general gender dyna- dynamics. Right, because he's like, you look like a boy with short hair. Right, which exactly, she must which know. is intentional. Mm-hmm. And the blood is obviously a menstruation metaphor mm-hmm. and uh, imagery. Right. So when they, uh, the boys come in and they do see it, yes, they're saying, I see she you. helps them, they help her clean the blood. Mm-hmm. Um, it, again, it's nice in the moment, but it also is subtly, I don't know, to me, I was like, oh, it's a moment of them saying, we see this, we believe you. Yeah. I, it's just low-key about, I think it's also, it's, yes, it's about menstruation, but it's also about her assault, her uh, abuse and believing that she, this is happening to her, mm-hmm. and it's serious. Right? Seeing Which it, other adults in the movie probably would say no, knowing that you know they are apathetic to a lot of what they see around them. Yeah, yeah. And the boys show up; they help her clean it up mm-hmm. to fun music by The Cure. Yeah. And I just thought it's it's like a nice subtle thing. So I'm curious again how that scene is played out in the book. Um, with more detail, whether it's good or bad. Right, because I know in the book there's some at the end. very questionable. Oh, at the end of this, yeah. Yeah. Which... Don't they all have sex with her? Yeah, well, I think because in the last scene of... Uh, second to last scene of this movie, when she's like... Uh, her eyes are all like... Right, she's, she's floating. been captured by um, Pennywise and brought mm-hmm. down to the sewers as both a conquest of Pennywise and also, I think, a trap for the boys. Mm, yeah. It works because they go after her, obviously. Oh, honey, it works. Yeah, he pulls her down, and then Ben is like, I don't know what to do to get her to snap out of it. He kisses her, which yeah. actually was a funny moment, because everyone has a real reaction to it of like, okay, really? that's weird. And uh, that wakes her up. But yeah, I think in the book, because, I can't remember who told me this, but it's like, because it was something about like having a human emotion or like feeling. I think they're all trying to But they're to all also, fucking, but they're not fucking. I think they're trying to also re-cement. I think there's been like infighting among the group, and a way mm-hmm. to like bond themselves is to literally like consummate their friendship mm, okay i don't know context mm-hmm. i'm sure in the over a thousand pages of this book <laughs> it maybe lays the groundwork a little better right still writing about kids having sex yeah it's still weird and also you know you fucking know stephen king probably put so much racist shit in that book for poor mike and probably yes. Stan got some shit, too, for being Jewish. Like, you know. Yeah. And, well, the book starts <laughs> in the present day, quote-unquote, with the adults. And the event that kicks off the adults knowing that it is back after 27 years, because we oh. learned that every 27 years he pops up, mm-hmm. is a gay man is, like, hate-crimed and killed. Wait, this is in the second? It's in the it's beginning be? of the actual book, It. Oh, It's going to be see. in the second movie, I believe. Um, not to spoil, but I mean, it's Ah, whatever. Take my money. Um, you're going to see it either way. (laughs) Come on. And this kind of goes into what I think it represents, the the actual entity of it. It preys on, uh, stereotypes and hate that humans already have. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's what I think the movie especially is going for. And also I assume the book is the idea that it's easier to say something is evil when it's an obvious evil entity, when it's a murdering mm. clown, <laughs> you know, when yeah. it's this obvious bad thing you can scapegoat all the bad things onto as being responsible for the evil, it's harder because the things in real life that it is doing can easily be classified as not evil by people who have, like, an agenda. Like, if there's, like, a hate crime, it can be like, well, you know, like, you can't force people to, like, be open-minded. Oh, I see Or what you mean. if, um, you know, if they're bullying some kid, it's like, mm. oh, well, boys will be boys. Right. And it's 
kind of points to the hypocrisy of adults to be able to say one thing is good and one thing is not. Because, like, when it's obviously an evil thing, like this fucking clown mm-hmm. doing all the bad things, then that's easier to say that's evil. When human beings do the same thing, mm-hmm. bullying, hate crimes, um, sexual assault, whatever, mm-hmm. there's ambiguity in the, like, spin of it and mm-hmm. the way that people react. You know, I mean, you see this to this day in the real world. Yeah. I think that's kind of what, I don't know if Stephen King is going for, but definitely <laughs> what the film is going for in terms of, um, like, the way that humans classify and categorize evil and are way, yeah. it's way easier to write it off when it's not an obvious, you know, monolith of monstrosity. Interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Does that make sense? Yeah, because it's... And, yeah, I'm thinking back, too, like, of all the other ways that it's just very ambivalent. Um, if that's, maybe that's not the right word. But even Eddie's mom gives Bev shit. She's like, I know yes. about you, bitch. And it's yes. like, what? Like, also, they're 13. So guess what? If you are hearing rumors, a 13-year-old girl is sleeping around, which she wasn't, um, you, y'all should check in on that. So that's kind of what I think the, the character of It is about uh, mm. in general. Because, again, it, it, there's, it's not an accident that he operates in specifically targeted hateful things. And granted, that's because, like, a lot of the characters, one is Jewish, one is black, one is a girl. There, mm-hmm. there are triggers that you can use based on their status as a minority or as a persecuted class mm-hmm. to make them scared specifically. Mm. Yeah, and even, I mean, I think it also goes into, like, how fear and how fear can just manipulate people and how mm-hmm. it can just really take over. Because um, we learn that, and the kids even say this, that when they're together, when they're physically together in the same room, they can take them down, really. Because yeah. it's not only is it just, I guess, hard to keep up. But I think also them being together, standing together, making the collective choice, we're not scared, is like, you know, oh, right, it's just tummy hurt. Then if the character of Pennywise is using specific targeted things, it will only scare one kid of mm. the seven kids that are there now, as opposed to scaring only one kid, and that's the only kid in the room. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that make sense? I know you hate clowns, it's I'm going to be a clown. It's spreading the fear thinner. Yeah, right, because even at that moment when he's going around, it's kind of like that mosh pit where they push you around, and he keeps getting yeah, beat up. Yeah, the very end. And like, he will be the burnt hands, he'll be lobster claws at one point, uh-huh. or, and, or he'll turn into fucking Bev's dad, which uh-huh. was a great second, um, uh, you know, he's Georgie. He's he keeps the leper. Georgie. Yeah. He's the leper, yeah. Oh my god, how, it's not funny, but it is, when that that moment when Bill is talking to quote-unquote Georgie, and it's building up to this thing, and Bill goes, I know, I miss you too, but you're not Georgie, and then he shoots him in the head, and it's Pennywise. Oh, I thought it was sad. <laughs> For a brief moment, you're like, uh, I hope that was uh, the right I, call. Yeah, I can't, <laughs> that's the thing. At least it's that like, was my concern. But I like that it let him have a moment of, like... It's almost like uh, role-playing in therapy, where he was mm, like, I mm-hmm. know I miss you too, knowing that it's not Georgie, but it was yeah. like a chance for him to say what he wants to say anyway. Yeah, true. And also lure it into a sense of complacency mm-hmm. that he's falling for it. Sure. And also, I think, it, it, and again, it proves that he is not afraid, because he's basically saying, you know, the whole movie we allude to the fact that he is, they keep mentioning, oh, Georgie's not dead, he's just missing. Right. So, Bill, I guess, you know, has some sort of fear with death, understandably so, as a lot of them do, and that's the basis of a lot of their fears in this movie, but him knowing in that moment, this isn't Georgie, because Georgie is dead and saying it out loud. Not only is that helpful because he's shooting fucking Pennywise in the brain, but he's also saying, I know this isn't real, and I'm not afraid of... Like, saying it out loud, what you're afraid of. Right. Um, I'm not going to hide behind it. Oh, I, I guess I'm curious about, like, what you think the difference was. So... Henry, the douchebag with the mullet, he listens to the voices on the TV. He gets the hunting knife that he thought was missing, his dad's hunting knife, and he stabs his dad in the neck. So he then goes on to continue to be a douchebag yes. and terrorize the kids, et cetera, et cetera. Like, he took the bait. There was the red uh, balloon he in the mailbox. That's how he found the knife. That's how he killed his dad. Right. So... I feel like Bev kind of has... I mean, it's just because it's Bev, and Bev is part of this bigger group, but, like, Bev kind of does the same thing. She's kind of... She overhears the... I mean, it's a little bit different, but she overhears the... The show is on in the background, mm-hmm. and her dad attacks her, and she, rightfully so, bashes him in the head with the back of the toilet seat, which is good to know. And, <laughs> it's but, heavy. But then she's immediately taken by Pennywise. Yeah. So I guess, like... 
I mean, again, I guess it's silly for me to try to find the logic, but I'm just curious as to, like, what do you think the rules are then with that? I think it's something to do with the fact that Henry, the bully, Mm -hmm. is clearly, I mean, a lot of reasons bullies, besides just being assholes at the time, do that is because they're lashing out because either they're not being seen at home Mm -hmm. or they are scared of being bullied themselves. For whatever reason, they're seeking a, a higher status than they actually have. And we see that Henry's father is also kind of an asshole. He, like, shoots a gun in their direction. <laughs> Calls he him clearly a, has a he, he has a reign of terror over the house. Yeah. So Pennywise sees this vulnerability, this weak spot, which is, I will give you the opportunity and the possibility to kill your father. Yeah. Rather than having it be a thing, like, where Bev is... Um, oh, yeah, she did it on her own, I guess. Right, and she she fears her father in a different way. Yeah. She knows ways around it, and she, it does, she doesn't let it be, make her a bad person. Mm. Whereas Henry does Snaps. all these reprehensible acts. Like, yeah. he is racist to Mike, and he, you know, cuts up Ben. He carves a fucking H into Ben's tummy. Right, get it? Like, H for Henry. Ha- H for how you doing? H for <laughs> Hanny. And... <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) And even his friends in that moment are like, bro, (laughs) chill out. Seems... Also... Wait, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, that's all. So basically it's like a way... Henry's an exploitable force, whereas Mm. Bev is not letting it keep her down as a person or or have it be an excuse to act bad because then Henry, I'm sure, if pushed hard enough by an authority figure, would go, well, my dad's an asshole. What do you expect? Yeah. Mm. But there's not an excuse. So it sees that as a as a way as a way in almost. Mm. I like that. Again, it's about the banality and the influence of adults on children, whether they are their influence is a lack of influence if they're, mm-hmm. you know, seeing this evil stuff and not doing anything about it, or if they're using their power of this kid to get off some sort of weird power trip. Yeah. Like Ben's father and Henry's father. Yeah. Using the fear to create that uh um, what is it? Subservience. Yeah. Or, just create, uh, yeah. Um, Something. status. Power dynamics. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Synergy. Right. I mean, people, uh, inherently, I think a lot of humans naturally claim some sort of just dominance mm-hmm. to some degree, or at least certain people do. And if the, if the, if the easiest way to do that is over your fucking kid, then I'm, a lot of assholes will just do that. I imagine. I think everyone needs therapy. Yeah. I say this as a person not in therapy. <laughs> but <laughs> probably yes. I noticed at one point, and I wish I remember when. I know when in like the movie it happened, but mm-hmm. I can't remember like why they were there. First of all, I just want to mention, Ben gets stabbed a second time when they're in the kitchen in the, the house um, and Pennywise gets stabbed through the head, he, like, turns around and, it, like, <clears throat> slices Ben in the stomach. Yes, yeah. On the other side of the stomach, so he keeps getting fucked up. But there is an, a moment when I think it's Ben. I don't know where he is, but he's somewhere. He's looking at a painting of the original well house, like, when it was just literally a well in the town of yeah, Derry. Yeah, I think that's in his own house because he's kind of, again, compiled this oh, evidence right, right. board, I think. Okay. Because he takes the kids back to be like, here's the research I've done on Derry. Uh, Derry's not like any other town I live in. It's not during that scene. No, it's okay. later. Um, but wh- regardless, maybe it's in his house. It's in his bathroom. <laughs> and uh, he, in the painting, it's, it's you know, the well. And you see it's, uh, I'm assuming, a midwife or someone holding a baby and looking down at it. And leading toward, walking towards the well, which has a little bit, and there's a little bit of blood like around the edge of the well, like on the stone. So I'm curious as to was this where dead babies were thrown at this time, or did someone go through a manic episode and throw living babies mm. in there? And this is why, like, there's just like bad. So I, I just I, I want to know more about like this the mythology. Now I know there was a deleted scene. I don't know if it was even filmed, but they were gonna have it, but not in Pennywise makeup, kind of just like looking like himself. Oh. Coming to a woman in, like, colonial days and being, essentially saying, you need to give me your baby or else I'm going to murder your family, I think. Oh, that's a tough But it's, like, up. really, <laughs> it's, like, the Charlie problem with your family. Yeah. And it was, he was, like, describing the specific things he's going to do to their fa- to her family and it was mm. just, you know, again, using power dynamics and fear. Yeah. Um, so maybe it has something to do with that. Interesting. Maybe. So scary. Yeah. The well house is a lot of fun, though. Once we I get there. I love, ugh, love, love, It's like love. a long house ride. 
Yeah, it should be a fucking haunted house, right? I'd oh, go dude. on it multiple times. Go through each room. The scary, not very scary. Yeah, when they scary, when they have those the doors fuck. that are marked. Was it? Yeah, scary, not very scary. Yeah. Yes, this is. Uh, it's an important life lesson too, that if there is a fear, there's so much power in saying it out loud. Yeah. And not letting it make you a douchebag for lack of better terms there's so much power in that and not only will that defeat the proverbial (laughs) demon but that's just helpful life advice but yeah i love the whole well house it's clearly where pennywise spent a lot of time masturbating mm, decorating (laughs) making it as spooky as possible like you know putting all his energy into this place where he can specifically terrorize these kids on his mm-hmm. turf because they're on they're on his turf. Yeah. They go there because they know that's where they figure out that's where it is living because mm-hmm. it is above where all the, like the sewers converge and they figure out so that fun. he lives in the sewer. So fun. So they go to this well house to kind of just like there's not really a plan. They're just like let's just see what the fuck happens, which is very childlike. Yeah. And they uh, yeah, uh, uh, that one character finds his own missing poster, which is scary. So fun. They go into that one room with all the clowns, and that's fun. Yeah, um, he sees, like, a doll of himself, of himself in a coffin. One of the clowns in that room is the Tim Curry clown. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, I was inspired by his look, honey. His lurk. Uh, one room has, like, uh, this kid coming out of a mattress. It's just, like, a I lot of... I think it was Eddie. I think you're right. It was so weird. Yeah, and then, like, black fucking gook mm-hmm. coming through the, the floors uh betty we hear betty rips him who we learned earlier is like another missing kid whose shoe they find yeah they see her being like dragged through a room like just her torso or yeah. at one point and she's just hanging in the just closet the hanging in the closet in the door that said not scary at all it was a lie well then in the very scary door was just the hallway gotcha so again just i don't know um fuck fear that this is also where we see it come out of the fridge in that crazy way how fun is that he's all folded up in this old fridge and then and he like unwinds himself unfurls they did that with a combination of like cgi but also on wires what they like did a combination of like him like physically getting out of the fridge in like a certain way Uh but then like animated the rest of it to be like kind of like oh non-possible things gotcha but like i don't know exactly how they did it but i know it was a comedy it wasn't all just cgi like he was pulled out of the fridge with wires it was so well done it was great and then just like come on what are we doing here that whole scene is so fun and that's the scene where uh so infamously they didn't show the kids the him and makeup until Mm. like that day on set so that's really fun too because it's just like so much crazy shit happening all at once and just by that point in the movie, too, so much shit has happened, and it's just really insane. I love this song, this nursery rhyme song that kind of permeates through the movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great because you are scared scene. every time. Yeah, I found the song. It's called um, Adelaide's Orange. It's called Adelaide's Lament for Prize. <laughs> Sorry. It's called Oranges and Lemons. It's a traditional English nursery rhyme, of course. Uh, oh, um, it's talking about the bells of St. Clement's, I believe. Oh, look at the bells. And all those things where it's like, blah, 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 like they're just like listing fucking bells because what else do you have to do when you're living in the Black Plague times? Um, <laughs> and one of the lyrics is, here comes a candle to light you to bed, and here comes a chopper to chop off your head. Chip, chop, chip, chop, the last man is dead. I'm guessing that's when all the kids, like, oh. death drop. I don't know. <laughs> what sort of ridiculous nurse around this is going on here? That is manic. Yeah. So that's fun. Apparently, also, it's in The Wicker Man, the original one. Like, one of oh. many just little floaty songs that are in the movie. This It's not like it's a musical number, but sure. I think it's just sung at one point. Oh! Then, sorry. And we learned earlier, which was so fun, so fucking fun. When we first, when Ben shows them his room and he has all the info, yes. he mentions that the... And I forget the number, but the original oh. colony that founded Derry was founded by X amount of people, and then, like, they all went missing. Yeah, very Roanoke. So fun. Very lo- lost yeah. colony. Roanoke is a very scary thing to me. I think they've solved it. What it's is- just like they just left. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we went to New York. It's not, they, I gotta go. Yeah, also, like, how good were they keeping records? Like, That's the thing. It's like, what a mystery. is like, no, they just are not here anymore. They just, someone <laughs> didn't write it down. Yeah. Pe- yeah, he says that the, the statistics on dairy, this town, which is not dairy like milk, okay? It's oh. dairy, D-E-R-R-Y. Like Jerry! Yeah. Yeah. And dairy, people disappear at six times the national average, and it's even worse for kids. And I was watching this, I was like, mm, maybe this is a stretch, but do you think that's, like, a metaphor for, like, 
America in general, like gun violence or something. I don't think this is intentional. But the first thing I thought was like, oh yeah, kids are way more likely to get fucking shot in this country than they are in, you know, other countries. I think this is a stretch. But it's just a talking point, perhaps. Absolutely. No, absolutely a talking point. Um, I don't think they have that kind of foresight, but you're definitely not wrong. <laughs> I'm definitely not wrong. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, and I guess kind of what you're saying with, like, audi- audience, adults not helping. Um, it's just interesting now because we have seen examples of kids rising up on certain things and speaking up when adults yep. have just been like, well, well can't fix anything we about do? it, even though we ruined the economy we for made you. made this thing that's the problem. I think that also is really great to watch in this movie is like, they're wise beyond their years and they're mm-hmm. good to each other. Yes. And I like that a lot. The projector scene <gasps> is one of my favorite scenes. So in the, fun. And I remember this was in the trailer. They're so... Oh, um, the, yes. Mm-hmm. They're looking at a projection of a map in a garage. I don't remember the setup. Oh, yeah, they're like, here's the sewers, yeah. It's how they figure out where he hangs out. (laughs) This is his favorite bar. This is his favorite (laughs) hangout spot. And then, so, uh, the projector starts moving. It's one of those old carousel projectors. Mm -hmm. And it starts moving on its own. And we see a picture of... Bill's family with yeah. Georgie and the mom, her hair is like <laughs> the wind has taken it. I can't describe right. it properly. It's like blown over her face. Yes. But the the projector starts speeding up to the point where it almost looks animated mm. and then coming out of her hair is Pennywise's face. And I remember this was in the trailer hey. and I was like, that's fucking great. Yeah. Oh, and then all so of a sudden fun. Pennywise bursts out of the projected image and is like huge. And it's <laughs> with the funny, giant fucking but teeth. So scary and yeah. oh I love it. It's so fun. And the, that, the, the, uh, the scares of the set pieces in this are so creative and just fun to watch. And it gives you that haunted house feeling of mm-hmm. like, oh my god, I'm so scared, but like what a ride. Yeah. In the scene too, when uh, Bill goes down to his basement and it's like all flooded like a sewer and he yeah. sees Georgie and Georgie goes you'll float too and he starts like his face starts decomposing starts and then Pennywise emerges and does that really creepy run he moves so fast through the water his like it's, head is shaking and it's like it's so a little scary. bit funny but it's uncanny yeah. yeah you're just there's a lot of moments of like shookery you're shook a lot like his dance that he does <laughs> Right. Which is iconic. It's iconic and it's like dumb, but it's also great because you're just like, what the goddamn right. hell is this? Because his, the character is, the full name is Pennywise the Dancing Clown. Mmm, make um, that mentee. God, I'm a dancer. Oh my god, give me somebody to dance for. That's all he wants, <laughs> He's honey. He's an audience. Aww, what um, is the, um, sorry, American Horror Story when they're like, oh, oh clown. Oh, clown, you're but so it's like, talented. What do you say to RuPaul when he puts out new music? Oh, clown. That's my favorite Let meme. us free. When the queens are forced to sing RuPaul's Oh, clown, you're so talented. Please, please let us go so we can spread the word. <laughs> I love it god, so much. That's funny. Um, Right, but so when Beverly gets dragged down to the sewer Mm -hmm. where he lives and all the kids are floating, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Pennywise appears and it's like... In his OG form, I guess. Right, it's like, this is my... We're on my terms now. And he just does this crazy, like... It's the Ashley Simpson, my track just got fucked yes, up, hoedown. it is Ashley the Simpson on SNL. The dance she does, a little, yeah. like, uh, yeehaw, like riding a horse kind of thing. But <laughs> Which, his face is just stationary, and it's, like, unblinking. Oh, also, face. Pennywise doesn't blink until he gets shot by um, Bill in the movie. You're right, I don't think he, like, throughout the whole movie, he never blinks? No, you don't see him blink. They have a lecture. I like that. <laughs> scary. She likes it. Oh, oh! I do love the moments when he does unhinge his jaw, and for it starts with like his eyes going back, and it's yes, like, Bleh, it's and like the hell mouth just yeah. <sighs> it's a pleasure face, honey. So, oh, sorry, it oh. is. He's like, hang on, let me just open my mouth One for a minute. One second. Um, I okay. So the movie ends with they send him back down to the sewers, and they don't allow him to like consume another child. Mm-hmm. And Bill says, and now you're scared because we're gonna, you're going to starve. Because he, mm-hmm. he, he can only come out for whatever reason every 27 years. Mm, same. I'm sure it goes on into why in the book. I'd like to know why that number, whether that was just an easier like way to write the kids versus adults. I don't know. Interesting. But that's how the movie ends. Yeah. And then it ends with, it says, the, the title, It Comes Up. Chapter and then it says one. chapter one. And it's the first time they say I chapter know. one. And I remember our audience going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had no clue. There's more. <laughs> oh. Which is daring on their part because what if the movie flopped? It would be like, 
Well, yeah. All we got was chapter one. Uh, and, and, and then they lived. No, we good. I uh, and also I was looking it up. I mean, Saturn, Saturn's orbit is about twenty-seven years. So okay. I don't know. There's something there. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. So, Saturn don't know. is the one that consumes the kids in that painting. Is that right? Whoa! Let me let me double check because that might be wrong. No, but. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what you're talking about. Like I don't know the accurate answer. Uh, yes, it's Saturn devouring his son. <gasps> that scary Goya painting. We've talked about it before. I don't remember what movie. Ooh, um, yeah, and we posted it on Instagram too. Yes, we'll find it. We'll find it. But um, maybe this movie there. Saturn every 27 years mm. eats kids. Uh, and I don't hmm. remember what Saturn rules. Like in terms of like astrology, I don't really know that astrology. Like that every like you have your like Saturn return when you turn twenty seven. Yeah, like twenty seven to twenty nine, Saturn returns, and supposedly, supposedly that's when you're like, oh, like uh, I've always I wanted to know. be an accountant. Yeah. yeah, or you're just like you just get more in touch with like what you want in this life, okay. and um, cool. but who the fuck knows? No one knows anything. Oh, I just want to say the actor who plays Eddie. He, first of all, has the acting style and the phys- phys- face physicalities of that of a much older gay gentleman. Like, he just acts like a very confident gay man Love in his that. late 20s. Is he like, the one who's like, there's gazebos. Yeah, he has there's the fanny pack. And what was interesting about him is so... Yeah, he's the real I don't know if this was me reading too much into it, but wh- right before the leper scene, mm-hmm. um, it's him, it's Eddie, it's, he's walking... Uh, down he's the taking a shortcut past the well house. Yes. But before, right before he hits the well house, he's walking in front of a church and he like gets nervous. Yeah, he's wearing a bright pink polo shirt and he's walking by a church and it seems to make him very uncomfortable. And then mm. so I was like, interesting, are we alluding that maybe he's the more effeminate chap? Maybe and he's he just, just he knows he's is he is he gay in the book? Oh, I don't know. I don't That's know. just me being judgmental. And then, and well, this, I mean, in a world, in a in a the the character of it operates around inherent fears, especially related to minority or persecuted status. Mm-hmm. So maybe if even if this character isn't gay, if he's exhibiting um, behaviors or physical things that kids specifically could point to and say, "Look at this gay kid," mm-hmm. then that's going to be an insecurity of his. Yeah, or just I mean, uh, just, I didn't notice just the like church, church thing. That's interesting. Though. I will on a rewatch have to yeah. look out for that. And then when the leper, when he hears the leper, the leper asks, "What are you looking for?" Okay, I didn't. I didn't notice that. And that's like a very random question because it's not like he's like, "Hey," because yeah. later he says, "Don't forget to take your pill" or something. Right, and then he says, mouth. "What are you looking that's for?" In face. Oh my god! So. <laughs> very considerate though. He was right. It was time yeah. to take his pill. Uh, so yeah, I don't and maybe know if there's anything pay there. Maybe off in chapter two, and we'll let you know, listeners, because we're gonna go see it for the podcast. Oh my god, I'm so excited! I'm when does so it come excited. out again? Early September. It's only like a month. So like around my birthday, maybe. Oh, <gasps> we can go for my birthday. Oh. Buy a ticket. I thought it was funny that, um, so when we earlier, there's a scene earlier where Bill shows his dad, I guess, like a model he made of like the yes. sewers using like hamster, hamster stuff. tunnels. <laughs> I just don't think he needed to make it to show that, hey, if he went through this pipe, he would have ended up all the way over here. <laughs> like it It's just very seemed... much like we're making a film. We need to have like a visual thing for the dumb, dumb audience. <laughs> right. He's like, he's probably like, it was just. Cute. I think he's here. He's dead, Bill. Just shut up. Stop making Just things. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I don't know. I and mean, yeah, Stephen King has a lot of associations of women with blood, and I don't know. I don't know who hurt him, but oh, and I know on a previous episode you were mentioning that there was a book that Stephen King wrote entirely drunk, um, and I think that was Cujo. Someone told me right. afterwards. I yeah, think you're right. And I was like, oh, interesting. Because that, to me, is the scariest. I don't know Cujo that well, but I obviously just know the concept. It's just Doggy. Like, mad dog. And that's my literally worst nightmare. Right. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't wait to see it. Oh, I can't wait to see it. I'm definitely going to rewatch see, this yeah. before the next one comes out. Just because it's fun. Can it's we, a good rewatch. Can we watch it together? Hell yeah. Let's do it. Please. I miss it. No, I won't watch it anytime. And then we'll see the new one. <laughs> and we'll see Which it apparently is two cry. hours and 45 minutes long. You know what? I'll be busy that day. I can't Sorry. wait. <laughs> And I am curious to see how it's gonna how the dynamic might be different because like you're saying there's yeah. a lot of themes of like adult complacency and they're gonna be adults That's in the true. next movie. So the cast is one. great too. Who's it? It's Bill Hader is going to be playing Finn Wolfhard's character, yes. Richie. Jessica Tessine's playing the girl. Bev, yeah. <laughs> um uh, and James McAvoy is playing Bill. Oh, right, and the right, rest right. are kind of, I don't know them as well. I don't know either, but I remember the, because I remember they asked the kid actors who mm-hmm. they wanted to play, and I remember the kid who played Ben was like, I want Chris Pratt to play me, and I was like, fuck yeah! That'd be, and also that's like a baller. Yeah. 
Thank you. Because that turned out to be an asshole. Oh. Oh, Chris Pratt? Yeah. Is he an asshole? Oh, my God, yeah. Tell me. He's fully Republican. He, like, goes to a church that is, like, preaches anti-gay stuff. Oh, no. I know he was, like, into God, but I thought that was just... No, he's super into God in, like, bad ways. That's so frustrating, because, like, I get if you're rich and you're into God, because you're like, wow, I have all these blessings in this life. Like, I kind of get that, but, like, why are you being a dick? So, this has been Halloweeners, a horror movie podcast. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) Good, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't know what you were doing. Grand, isn't, isn't it? It's great. Scary, Ooh, isn't, isn't it? Clown. Well <laughs> filmed. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, however, you're listening to us right now, just mm-hmm. review, leave a comment or a, um, a rating. Happy to say we're finally on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Apparently, we've been on there for months. Just Spotify never told Didn't me. Know. <laughs> they yeah. were like. They were, they were hard to get on to in the first place for whatever reason for me. Mm-hmm. And now we're on there. So if you're listening on Spotify, rate us. Can you rate us on Spotify? I don't know. I don't know. Just tell your friends. Tell your friends. And rate us on Apple Podcasts for sure. We've yeah. done some great reviews on there. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, keep sending us great we love, reviews. We genuinely love reading them. It makes us happy. Uh, you can. Hey, you know what you should do? You should go to our Instagram and our Twitter at Halloweeners Pod. You can follow me on Instagram at Hey Kira Hey. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, all over the place at Cody Monster91. Check out my stuff on Nextfest Picture. I'm writing some fun articles. Yeah. Um, you should listen to Apre Pompeii. He's on Instagram at Apre Pompeii. And on Spotify. And on Spotify, and on honey. Twitter. He's got that new fucking album. And on Twitter, Zachary Weiss, Apre Pompeii. Don't get it twisted. Does our theme music, Talented Boy. You're about to hear it. Yep, in two seconds. And, uh, yep, thank you, as always, to Leah Patterson for doing our beautiful artwork. Check out her Etsy and such. Um, she's on Instagram at attenderwitch. Tenderwitch. It's God! Isn't, Isn't it? Demons! Hide your kids! Move! Move! Move out of dairy! Move out of dairy. Bye! Bye! Bye. Oh, oh, oh.